Welcome back to another episode of the 704 Cast. I'm your host, Matt Wood. Joining me is Wesley Harrison and Corey Adams. It is Combine Week in the NFL, and all the top leaders and executives from around the league are meeting this week in Indianapolis to get a look at the next crop of franchise quarterbacks, hopefully. In front and center today were Frank Wright and Scott Fitterer. We'll get into those comments shortly, but first, uh, Wes and Corey, how are you guys? Doing good. Um, excited to see everything that transpires over the week, the conversations, the numbers that come out of, of some of these these guys. So looking forward to it. Doing great, man. Um, aside from football season, this is my favorite time of the year. Uh, I love draft season. I love the combine. Um, I love the build up to the NFL draft. Uh, some people hate it. Some people hate the mocks. But, man, I, I live for it. Uh, I, I love the 24-7 news feed of of info and updates um it's been crazy this week already with some of the 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 info dumps that got um and breaking news that's happened so uh we're gonna get into all that but yeah it's a fun time of the year and uh it's when i think the three of us are at our best yeah, this is a it's a big week you know we're finally getting a look at some of these guys actually throwing in front of nfl personnel uh anthony richardson confirmed to throw uh will levis cj stroud and Bryce Young, is that right? No, no, Bryce is no, throwing Bryce. at his, his pro day. Uh, sorry about that. So it's going to be interesting to see the news that come out over the next couple of weeks. This is obviously going to be a, a busy time for us. This is a part of the year where we actually love the content that's out there right now and try to stay on top of it and bring you uh, the best of it. So let's kind of get into Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer's press conference today. Uh, we'll start with the big piece of news that everybody wanted to focus on with Frank talking about their recent meeting with Derek Carr. We avoided it for long enough. And then news broke yesterday that we were meeting with Carr in Indianapolis. Frank Reich said that it was a great meeting with Carr. Scott Fitter added that we have not discussed numbers or anything like that with his agent, New York Jets and New Orleans Saints are also vying for his services. So we'll see how this shakes out. I'm of the opinion that one of Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr will end up in two of these three places. Most likely Aaron Rodgers to New York and Derek Carr to New Orleans, if I had to guess right now. But that's me just kind of hoping that Derek Carr is not here. Um, guys, your thoughts on the, uh, the news with uh, us meeting with Derek Carr in Indianapolis this week? Yeah, um, I'm not going to get too up in arms about it like people on Twitter are. Um, do I want Derek Carr? No. But um, you've heard Scott say time and time and time again, and he's proven time and time and time again that they are going to be in on every deal, but being in on every deal doesn't mean they're really there. Um, they're doing due diligence. They're going to meet with him. Um, they're going to find out what numbers he wants. They're going to talk to him and see how he fits in with the coaching staff and and, and what he is – kind of what he, where his mind's at and, and what he expects. Um, but it's not saying, hey, you're going to come play for us or, hey, we want you. Um, if anything, you know, he could be a shrewd move by Scott and driving up the price for a division rival in the New Orleans Saints. Um, so, you know, the the more, you know, demand there is, the, the higher the price is going to go uh, for his services. So if you can make the Saints fork out, you know, a, a few million more, uh, if they want Derek Carr that bad, then then do it. Um, it, it hurts nobody. Um, it hurts nobody to to do 
your due diligence. It hurts nobody to meet with Derek Carr and and just get a feel for him and and see where his head's at. Um, that being said, like you said, I don't think he ends up here. I do think it's New York or uh, New Orleans, but yeah, I, I I don't think. Nor am I worried about Derek Carr coming to the Panthers. I think Rodgers is certainly not going to happen. I, I don't think we can even manufacture the cap space that that could get there. And I don't think we'd want to give up whatever they're asking for. And I don't know what that is. And probably can't be much given that contract. But the second meeting with Carr scares me a little bit. It's a little more than due diligence to me when I think Corey said those exact words. Like a second, The second meeting is just a little bit more than due diligence to me. And I don't love that. Um, a second meeting obviously doesn't mean that that's where we're going to go. And, and hopefully it is a situation of us just creating a false market for him or just assessing, Hey, we're going to pay either. Do we pay car 30? Do we trade up to three and get our, one of our three guys? Like it's, it's, it's all about a risk award situation of trying to figure out what, what the quarterback situation is going to be. Cause it's not, we don't have that at person in the room right now. So I don't know. I, I don't love the idea of, of, of car. I mean, I don't think any of us love the idea of Derek Carr. You know, if it's like Corey mentioned, if it's anything with driving the price up and, and you know, trying to create a bidding war in the division, that's that's fine. I mean, drive the price up from, from New Orleans and try to get him to pay him $40 million a year and hope that it doesn't, you know, pan out. You know, Frank did say that he thinks Derek Carr, I mean, who is 32, uh, still has about a five-year window of his prime, you know, to where they could do something with. So that he's a, a solid option. He checks a lot of boxes that they're looking for at that position. I think we're all in agreement that we, you know, prefer to draft and develop. And that's something Scott has mentioned is his preferred route and has been for a couple years. It's it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, like you guys mentioned, I mentioned they'll be meeting with him and uh, again next week most likely discussing numbers and terms at, at some point, you know, or getting involved with the agent and seeing, Hey, can we even make this happen? They could clear the cap space and we'll talk a little bit more about cap space and, and how we're going to get those avenues later on. But there is routes to for us to clear cap space to potentially sign Derek Carr and keep those draft picks. But I think that now we've seen this retread with veterans and, and how it pans out for us. And I, I think that we all want to pursue the the draft and develop route and, what better time than with the, uh, the staff that Frank has assembled. And let me say that, you know, I do realize that, you know, if I don't think it's wrong to say that with Derek Carr as a starting quarterback, like we are the odds on favorite to win the NFC South. Like I don't deny that, but like I said on previous pods, I, if I think that we're shooting for a little bit loftier goals than, getting winning the division, getting to the playoffs and being competitive. Like we have higher aspirations. I know David Tepper has said numerous times he has higher aspirations than, than that. Um, I just find it hard to believe that with the money that David Tepper has spent behind the scenes on this coaching staff with the faith that he, he's putting in Scott Fitterer to get, to get this job done that he's going to take on another retread quarterback. And I'm not using that as like a derogatory term. Like it's another 
quarterback that you didn't draft, another quarterback that you didn't develop, another quarterback that you know you had no ties to from a draft standpoint. I, I just find it hard to believe that David Tepper is going to allow for the you know fifth year in a row us not to take a quarterback in the first round when we're in the top 10 and we hope to not be in this situation anymore going forward. I, I find it very hard to believe that especially with this crop of quarterbacks that are coming out and, you know, you can miss me with all the, the, the hate and the, the nitpicking that's going on with these quarterbacks. This is a good group of quarterbacks. You're, you have a, you, there, there is going, I will say this. I think there's going to be at least two, above average to really good quarterbacks in this class, at least two. So I just find it hard to believe that David Tepper's going to say, yeah, let's bring in Derek Carr at 37 to $40 million a year. I, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I just, I find it really, really hard to believe Frank Reich might like it, but the good news about what Frank's built here is it's a collaboration. It's a collaborative effort. Everybody has a voice. And I don't think that even if Frank Reich wanted Derek Carr, that he's going to get the final say on that. It's not not this go around with 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 a coach calling the shots. Yeah, and I think I mean to your point of the quarterback class. I, I mean, you see where the quarterbacks were drafted last year. I think you're going to end up with four top ten and four probably. If we stay at nine, four top nine. But I I, I think there's going to be four before nine. Honestly, at this point with with everything we're seeing, and kind of how not quite so top heavy some of the other positions are too, um, especially after the the news today with uh, with Jalen. So at, at this rate, I don't think that one of these four guys are going to be there at nine. I mean, we've talked about um, how many teams ahead of us are interested in quarterbacks. We haven't even talked about those teams that you don't hear about who make that move, always make that jump up to go and get their guy out of nowhere. And then with Dan Campbell in Detroit making some comments today about how, uh, you know, they're not pressed for a quarterback. They still have time with Jared Goff. They like Jared Goff. But also that doesn't mean that they're not eyeing a quarterback in the draft. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm they're, sure. They're, they're just, posturing for a trade out. They they're, yeah, they're, they're playing the game. Everybody's trying to play the game right now. And that's just a, that's just a lot of spots right there where if you don't move up, early to go get your guy, then that price is just going to keep going up and up from those teams that are sitting in the top five. Yeah. And I'm going to be real with all you Twitter GMs. Like you can nitpick these guys all you want. You can talk about uh, this guy's faults and that guy's faults, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, you're not in a front office. And at the end of the day, I can guarantee you, you don't value or see these guys like the GMs in the front office and the scouting departments do. That being said, I legitimately feel like there are two guys in this class that are day one starters and will be turned into franchise quarterbacks. And there's a third that, with the right development, is going to turn into, could potentially turn into like a top three quarterback. So this is a good class, whether you want to think it's, it is or not. Uh, I'm get, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on this tangent, but like we do this song and dance every year. Like it's like, People are so scared to take a chance and draft a quarterback and give up picks for somebody, and they just want to poke holes. When we get to this time, it's like they want to poke holes in every scene, or they listen to such and such on this random podcast that I've never even heard of say that this 
quarterback sucks. And now all of a sudden they're scared because they heard one person's opinion on a quarterback. Drives me nuts, man. Like, yes, do these quarterbacks all have issues? 100%. Do they all have something? Are they a perfect? No. No quarterback prospect in the history of the NFL has ever been perfect. Okay. Maybe Peyton Manning coming out. It's about it. All right. Even Trevor Lawrence had question marks. Okay. Every prospect every year is going to have question marks. Stop being scared. Stop overanalyzing the situation. I don't care what it takes to get up. Go up and take one of these quarterbacks. And I think that's what our front office is going to do. So I'm happy there. Yeah. And if, if you're Frank Wright, do you really want to hit your wagon to the veteran quarterback retread again after how it went in Indianapolis after right. Andrew Luck retired? Right. You're coming in with this cloud over you and people blaming you for the Carson Wentz situation. Um, you know, I don't think he's at fault for the Matt Ryan. I don't think he's at fault for for really not ever going up and taking a quarterback. I think that's a collaborative effort between Chris Ballard, Jim Irsay, thinking they were closer than they really were, thinking that, you know, Phillip Rivers and, you know, Phillip Rivers played great. They, they almost won a playoff game. I don't think coming in with that cloud over him and that stigma that that is going to be, hey, man, yeah, that's my first move as a Carolina Panthers head coach after hiring this awesome staff is let's go pay $40 million to Derek Carr. Wentz I just find that hard to believe, man. I just find that really, really hard to believe. Wentz is available again. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> bridge. I don't know. I mean, I'd, rather, I'd, rather pay Wentz, I'd rather pay Wentz $10 million and draft somebody and have him just be the backup than pay uh, – um, uh, Derek Carr, thirty million, forty million, thirty-five, whatever it is, whatever it ends up being, hundred percent. In all fairness, Frank has been the only guy to have success with Carson Wentz. So, I, hey, I don't know if they, if you know, it's the the common uh, connection of the scripture or or you know what they got going on, but it seems to bring the best out in the guy. And that's what I said. That's what I said. I texted you guys earlier, and people might get mad at me, but I said. Please don't let Derek Carr and Frank Wright get in a room and start talking about Jesus together because <laughs> pay this dude whatever he wants. Did you ever see that like leading up to the draft with Wentz and how they met uh before the combine when they decided to trade up? Yeah, he's and- talking about, he asked him what his favorite his favorite Bible quote was, and it was like on Frank's background of his phone. It was like, oh wow. Yeah, that's that's the part that does worry me about the Derek Carr thing just with Frank being a pastor. And, and, and like we said, we just talked about the win story. But Did, did y'all see Carr's speech at, on the stage at his church after everything went down? No. 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 Was it some prime Joel Osteen type? It, it was It was, It was. was good. It was gold. I don't even I, – I can't even do a full rundown on it. I just I, – it was just hilarious. Go look it up sometime. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit to uh, talk about Scott's press conference from the day. Fitter mentioned that uh, they have met with five quarterbacks so far. One of those we know is not Bryce Young because he just got to Indianapolis today. Two of those we did get confirmation that Hendon Hooker was one and Max Dugan was the other one. Uh, so that leads you to believe that C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis were the other three. If you're just reading the the tea leaves here, uh, you know, 
the max part is is kind of surprising. I guess you know if they go a route where they do take a you know two quarterbacks in this draft just to fill out the room and and provide competition. Sure, I understand why you would meet with a guy like that, especially after the season he had. Doesn't really project well in the pro game, but still, I, I get why that happens. Hendon Hooker was on pace to probably be an early second round pick and possible Heisman Trophy winner before tearing his ACL. He's from the area, uh, from Greensboro. Uh, played his ball at Virginia Tech before transferring to Tennessee. I, I get why you would have that conversation. It's going to be a weird evaluation with him. He probably is a guy that falls to the third round or so coming off of the injury, but it makes sense. Scott, also, Corey, you'll like this one. He was asked about Bryce Young and, and said what characteristic or trait that he has stands out the most, and he says that he's never rattled when he's in the pocket. Always seems like he's under control. Really didn't say that he had any issues with his size, um, stature, or anything like that. I know you'll love that when you and Wes duke it out later on. But um, oh, dude, I, I mean, I've got I've got a whole Google Doc, man. Don't you worry, don't you worry. And my my dis dislike's not even the right word. My qualm with Bryce is overblown at this point. Bryce is a very good quarterback. He's got good tape. I've said that the whole time. I just don't want to draft five foot ten or five foot ten and a half, whatever it ends up being this week. We're going to find out for sure. Um, I don't want to draft. I don't want to you ruin my next three drafts for that. I just don't. Okay, we'll, we'll talk. But no, I mean, I saw people freaking out about Hendon Hooker, but I, t- I like I said, man, I told you guys, I told everybody literally verbatim word for word they are going to meet with every single one of these guys there if there's a quarterback in this draft class we're probably going to meet with them and scott mentioned today he did say that they're gauging all options said that they're looking at the veteran market they're looking at what it's going to take to potentially trade up trade back Uh, so all options are on the table and scott's making sure that he doesn't leave any stone unturned in this cycle no i mean when you run a billion dollar franchise that's in the talent acquisition business, you're going to have literally a web chart of every single outcome that could possibly happen. And you're going to value that. So, well, unless your coach's wife thinks someone's a really good running back when you played against them that one time, this is why that guy is no longer (laughs) with us. (laughs) Scott did mention some areas of need this offseason he, he mentioned it last offseason he did a pretty damn good job addressing those mentioned specifically the offensive line but most notably this go around like we've talked about need a tight end need a defensive end opposite of brian burns need a vertical wide receiver and need a ball hog uh ball hogging safety if they do decide to move jeremy chin down into the box more i don't think we're surprised by any of those whether they're filled free agency or via the draft they're going to be taken care of this offseason and this is one hell of a tight end class as well. Yeah, I was listening to um, Daniel Jeremiah on his uh, pre-combine conference call with the media, and he basically said, like, it's like – and some people are already calling it overrated, but, I mean, I'm hearing it more and more and more from these guys that are in the know and guys that I trust, their evaluations, that there are, like, 11 tight ends with day one or day two grades. 11. I think that, that that's, a, that's a record. Wild. That's a record. And to hear these guys say that they have first round grades on some of these tight ends, that's not something that you hear every year. You know, that's no. 
that's not a, a a prime position that you you know spend top ten picks. I mean, Kyle Pitts is the exception there, being a freak. But you know, hearing like uh, Dalton Kincaid could go you know mid teens, you know things like that. That's not something we hear you know regularly. Then you have behind him Max Meyer, Darnell Washington, uh, those guys. And I mean, this is a, a deep tight end uh, draft, and this is also deep for quality wide receivers. You know, those guys that can stretch the field like a, a Zay Flowers, uh, a Tyler Scott, um, you know, a Josh Downs. I mean, these are these are guys that, you know, we can knock out if they don't trade up for some reason and they use every pick that we have. We can fill a lot of needs really quick and get some some big weapons around whoever's playing quarterback. Yeah, I think with the wide receiver class, not to give too much away from our upcoming draft coverage, but. You know, I don't think like in this wide receiver class, you're you, there's not a Jamar Chase, there's not a Justin Jefferson, there's not like that guy in this class, but it's definitely a deep class. It's definitely talent rich in terms of you're going to find, you know, a quality two, you're going to find a, you know, a low end one, uh, and somebody who could probably develop into an upper tier. Um, not, I want to, I want to say an upper tier one, but, you know, guys like, Zay Flowers and Josh Down, they're you know those guys are going to come in day one and, and make an impact. And you know while you're not going to have the the game breakers, you're not going to have the you know Jamar Chases of the of the world come in this class. There are a, a plethora of quality quality starters that can be had in this draft class and starters that bring a different element to the Panthers' offense that we haven't had in in quite a while. So it's People are already calling it a down class, um, and maybe sure, you know, you know, I don't think you're going to have, you know, Hall of Famers in in abundance in this class. But there's going to be there's quality there. There can be quality starters found in all drafts, uh, and, and this one is no exception to that. So, um, like I said, just be careful of of who you get your information from. Be careful of who you follow. Um, whether before you get too high or too low on any of these draft picks or prospects. Wes, I know you got a, a wide receiver take out there that some might not agree with, but the guy's testing numbers were very similar to Justin Jefferson, and we know how that worked out. Oh, JSN? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why everybody's so down on him. I just I don't get it. That That's your wide receiver one right there. It's not – I mean, and he, I, he's – don't get me wrong. He's not Je- Justin Jefferson. He's not Jamar Chase, like Corey said. There isn't one of those. But JSN is your wide receiver one this year. Yeah, that that is shocking me. It is like if I can say one from the early from the earliness of this draft season, the his fall from grace. As I mean, I get it. Like he didn't play. He had like, three catches, but like man that kid is a stud and is going to be a stud. And I don't get how all these people are, are missing on that evaluation. So that, that, that you, you can go ahead and take QJ from TCU, or you can go ahead and take Addison from USC and you'll be wrong, but you can do but, it. But and you'll if be GMs wrong. and front offices are falling into that trap, then somebody is going to get a freaking steal in the second half of the first round. It's gonna make me sick to my stomach. I tell I tell you who needs to take him uh, because they're they're gonna stay put at two and they're gonna get their their quarterback. 
the Houston Texans can can get away with a Bryce Young oh, or a CJ Stroud and a JSN. It's money in the bank, dude. And they got Michi coming bank. back. But that we'll get it. We'll get into all that. Uh, but that that takes out there in the in the ether on the internet somewhere. It's it's been out there for a while, and that's that's your your wide receiver one. But yeah, there's a spoiler for you. Uh, last takeaway from from uh, Scott Fitter's press conference today he did say surprisingly enough that they met with Jalen Carter Monday night. Say he had no idea that the uh, charges that were today was going to come out. I, I thought that was a little bit interesting, but we. I mean, with Scott, you know, making sure you talk to every single prospect out there, even if it's not guys that you're going to draft, you can still gain knowledge when it comes time for free agency or contract discussions in the for I mean, in the future. And still, I mean, that Jalen Carter news is, I mean, I might throw a wrench into the top half of the draft, you know, depending on how all that shakes out. Yeah, I mean, because Carter was probably somebody, teams like the Bears and that, that are up around there that we're thinking about trading back thinking about how far they could trade back and still land a guy like carter so um that could that's one less guy who might not go top 10 that the teams wanted um i don't i i assume this affects the 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 draft stock enough that it's not top 10 i don't i'm not going to speculate on the legal stuff but it sounds bad enough for sure yeah uh, i hate litigating stuff like this on a podcast uh, I care about football and I hate off the field stuff I, I literally you know it, I don't really care honestly um I, it sucks for the kid I, I hate it um that he made that really 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 dumb decision that probably helped cost a life um that sucks and it's a terrible situation, um, but I'll say it for any situation outside of like a Miles Bridges situation or, you know, even with Deshaun Watson, you know, stuff. Um, I don't think that making a mistake should cost somebody their job because um, if mistakes cost people jobs, then a lot of us would be unemployed. So um, wherever he ends up going, you know, somebody's going to get a heck of a player. I hope. He learns from it and uh, never happens again. Um, but yeah, he's got to have a have a smarter head than than that. I couldn't agree more. Shifting gears a little bit, staying with the combine though. Uh, we mentioned earlier about quarterbacks throwing this week. We know for sure C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis will all throw at the combine. I know who I think has the most to gain from uh, from throwing in front of NFL scouts. Toss it over you guys and, and your opinion on you know, maybe who has the most to – who stands the most to gain and who stands the most to lose throwing in, in, in front of these guys this week. I think CJ has the most to lose throwing in front of these guys this week. I think the the college football playoff game, um, he did enough there. Um, I think Will Levis has the most to gain in, in, in their eyes. I think, I think everybody knows Anthony Richardson is going to be some shorts freak. Um, the athleticism, the arm strength, all of that. Um, I think Levis is going to go out and make some uh, Mormon Mahomes type throws this in the, uh, Shout out Zach Wilson. In, in, in these, in these, we're going to get some of those videos like that, but the, the video from the, in the bubble two, two years ago with Levis just flicking it at those like little kids, um, 
So I, I think that's that's who has the most to gain. Yeah, and and you know, you when you listen to guys like Kuiper and um, I listen to Rick Spielman, uh, the former GM of the Vikings on the CBS Draft podcast, a lot, um, and they'll tell you straight up, like, you know, you got to take all these things with a grain of salt, whether it's really good or whether it's really bad. You know, they get thrown out there with receivers they've they've never thrown with, uh, they don't have timing with, um, and then you know they have to run specific a specific route tree that the NFL wants. Unlike a pro day where it's your receivers, it's your home, you control the script, all that good stuff. So um, I don't think – unless it's just awful, I don't think you have ever really too, too much to lose in these situations unless I said like it's just awful. But um, definitely Will Levis has the most to gain. Um, he didn't go to the – he didn't go to the Senior Bowl, which is a shock to everybody. Um, I'm not 100% why he didn't go to the Senior Bowl. He's going to get asked why he didn't go to the Senior Bowl this week, and you better have a good answer for it um, because I think a lot of people wanted to see him there. So um, he's got a lot to show this week, and a big thing for him this week is the medicals. You know, all we heard all year about why he was playing like shit, for lack of a better term, was he was hurt. His toe was hurt. His knee was hurt. His shoulder was hurt. So whatever those medicals show and say – um, when he's poked and prodded this week is going to be, you know, something telling. Um, and like Wes said, you know, Anthony Richardson, don't be surprised when Anthony Richardson is all over your TV screen for the next two weeks after the combine, because I think he's going to light it up um, in the athletic testing. I think he's going to light it up in the, in the throwing session. He's been down in Florida since the season ended um, working with, uh, I think IMG and, They've been coaching him up. So he's prepared for this moment for the past couple months, and I think he's going to turn some heads. I think he's going to light it up. Um, and with for CJ, you know, just go out there and do your thing, man. CJ is the best thrower of the ball for, in this class. I mean, he's he, he's got the nicest – I don't want – he's not got the biggest arm, but he has the nicest touch. Um, he layers the ball so well. Um just do you go out there and, and, and be calm and just relax. And I think he's going to be just fine. Um, where we'll really get into the nitty gritty of it is at pro days. Um, and listening to Spielman this week and then Lombardi said the same thing on his podcast is by the time you get to pro days, teams already know who their guy is. They're just going because they have to, like they're just going to, not give away who their guy is. They go to all of them. So, um, you know, we're going to start locking in on – the front office is going to start locking in on who the guy is in the next couple weeks. So that's exciting to, to think about. And, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff that, that happens and there's going to be a lot of takes and opinions coming out. So it's going to be wading through the BS for the next few weeks. And not part of the throwing because the, the the other per, and the other quarterback, uh, the elephant in the room for him will be um, either solidify him up there at the top if somehow he comes in five eleven and hundred ninety pounds or something. I uh, no use in speculating what it's going to be, but it, he, I don't think he's going to lose much because everybody already expects a low number. But he could he could solidify that top spot if he's above 
what people think. Yeah, I think um, McShay and Kuiper say the magic number is like 195. So if he's like 195 or above, then he's in good hands. And he's not throwing. Um, and he's not throwing for the reasons I just mentioned. He's not going to go out there and throw with a bunch of people he's never thrown with. So don't read too much into that. Uh, he will throw at his pro day, though. So and but he will be measured and he will be weighed. And, I mean, I said Stroud had the most to lose. If Bryce were to go out there and throw and not meet his measurables, he'd have the most to lose. Exactly. exactly. And so it, it just may, it makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I mean, no team is going into the combine and they're, like, taking a guy off their board just based on them throwing with, you know, nobody blocking, nobody rushing, just, you know, wide open throws. No, I don't think any team is going to be like, hey, this guy – you know, we're, we're not drafting. I think you going into it, you, you have an idea of what the player can do and, and what you expect, you know, in those non-game situations. But, like, take Will Levis, for example. First off, why did he not take the Justin Herbert approach of trying to remold his image? You know, this was a, a guy who went to the Senior Bowl, um, who did all those things in the offseason, you know, who was a former projected number one pick and then, you know, had some – some down showings at Oregon and, and maybe didn't live up to the hype that was there for him. And then went to the senior bowl, uh, went to the combine, uh, had a great pro day and ended up a, a top 10 pick, you know, at number six. So, you know, I, I think for me, that would have been the route that Levis should have followed, but say, say he goes out there. So the knock on him this year versus 2021 was that he lost his offensive coordinator to the NFL he didn't have an offensive line. He played the season banged up. What if he goes out there this week and, you know, he can't hit those, you know, deep posts and he's missing guys? You know, I, I, like I said, I mean, I know it's not going to, you know, ultimately kill his draft stock, but that that does nothing. Like that, and you already have doubts of him and dodging the senior bowl. You know, the, the film on tape for 2022 is not good. If he goes out here and has a poor showing at the combine, where do you, how do you evaluate him? Do you just use the 2021 tape and you can't you can't the 21 the 2022 tape is too bad to just use the 2021 tape. Well, the scout, the old scout adage is if you can do it once, you can do it. So, um, you know, that's yeah, what I mean, these front offices are going to be telling themselves. That's what Matt Rule told himself and sold, but, sold the rest uh, of us. Car- Carson Wentz did it once. Yeah. But, I'm I'm with you 100%. Matt. I'm with you 100% on that. Like I don't, you know, I don't know who his representation is. I don't know who he's taking his advice from in his camp. I I don't understand not going to the senior bowl. You know, you're a quarterback. Like this is you know, you're supposed to be the leader of the locker room, the leader of the team. You're supposed to do that raw, raw BS and, you know, say, you know, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll play anywhere. I'll play with anybody. Let's just go play, roll, roll the ball out there and, and let's go to work. And you didn't even show up to the senior bowl. Hendon Hooker was down there on a torn ACL, walking around, being active on the sideline, cheering guys on, doing all the interviews. You just said, nah, I'm gone, man. I'm not even going to show my face at the senior bowl. What does that tell to these front offices? What does that tell? That's come up 
interviews, right? Like, you know, that I'm sure they're asking like, Hey, you know, was there a reason you, you didn't come, you know, did he have some, you know, off season rehab for the injuries that we don't know about? I mean, I think that's like the whole thing that everybody wants to talk about how tough he is, but you know, then you get to, you know, character and competition and, you know, does this guy, you know, want to win? I mean, there's just some questions that they're going to ask that I think there's more to his situation than, than what just meets the eye. And, and everybody's situation is different, but he could have done some things so far that would have helped his his draft stock. And I think he's just as much of a mystery as Anthony Richardson. I mean, with Anthony, at least you know, like, what he does and his athleticism. And, and Will's an athletic quarterback, too. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, a lot of his rushing capabilities is undersold. Um, you know, he showed a lot of it at Penn State before he went to Kentucky. But Anthony's kind of knock is that, you know, his is more so he needs to improve in the short game. Crossing routes, you know, he's missing guys by like five yards, but he can throw the ball 65 yards and we saw all of those deep shots. And I think as much as you want to say that Will Levis was hurt by his offensive line, you can say that Anthony Richardson was hurt by his uh, wide receivers. I mean, you look at those guys and, and, you know, what he had around him, the talent level and how many balls they dropped, it's just – for me, I think Anthony Richardson stands the most to gain this week. Just if he looks good in the intermediate areas of passing, we know what he can do with arm. We know how he's going to test. I mean, when his 40 time gets posted and then vertical and, and shuttle and everything else, that's all you're going to see. Like Corey said, don't be surprised when you see this guy on your screen. You know, and all it takes is one team to fall in love with the guy. But I think I think they already know it. That's why that's why he he's the obvious name there. I think everybody already knows that and expects that. And that's why I say it the teams that want that, he's already up there for them. Levis has to try and go and wow wow people because he yeah. didn't do senior bowl. He had a lousy twenty twenty two. And that's why I think he's that's why I said him. I think AR I think people expect AR to test out better than any of the rest of them by a lot. Levis better light it up. I mean, he better be close to perfect. Um, I mean, he, he if he isn't, he'll c- cement himself into QB four. Yeah, I, I I truly think that. And, and I mean, we talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about how last year we were in on Le- we we liked Levis last year per person and some other close teams sources close, but there's been no confirmation of that in since the 2022 season, and so. I think a lot of teams probably liked Levis coming off of 2021. I still didn't see it, but I think a lot of teams probably did. Um, and now those teams are like, eh. And if he comes out and crushes it and has a a, a Zach Wilson type rise, he, that he becomes a, a guy again. I mean, because Wilson wasn't going to go too. Mm-mm. No, yeah, he had the he had the pro day and. And and we know, I mean, the throw that was circulated around, that's what put him in front of Trey Lance and, and um, Justin Fields. And when I say knock it out of the park, like, I mean, not just throwing, like he's got to kill the interviews. I mean, he's got to sit in front of a room full of people who are going to try and tear him apart. They are going to be cruel they are going to put every bad throw up on the screen and tell him to explain it. Um, they're going to put him on the spot, and he's got to be unshakable. Um, so, 
I would not. I mean, you know, as much as we dream about going to the combine, it, I don't think it's going to be a fun week for Will Levis by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. Um, so best of luck to him. But you know, he's got a big week ahead. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be unfair to Will Levis. I mean, he did lose Wandale Robinson um, to NFL. He did lose his offensive coordinator. His right tackle couldn't stop a cold. I mean, it's – you know, so he did have some things working, you know, against him. But also, man, when you watch some of his film and, like, he does face pressure, he has those Sam Darnold feet when, you know, that, that panic. When, you know, it's like that internal clock's not going off, you know, how it should. It's not working how it's supposed to. And it's not always there, but it is there. And so it's – that's the one thing I think that worries me the most when it comes to him versus the other guys – Everybody else's pocket presence, even Anthony Richardson, he's he's great in the pocket, um, knowing when to leave it and extend the play so he can make a pass. But Levis just – it's like three seconds go by and like, oh, I, I'm, I'm panicking. Like, or a second and a half and he's already got those quick feet. And it's like, you know, it just – I've seen enough of it from obviously with the retread that we've gone through. It's just like that's the one thing that stands out to me when I'm watching this past year's films. Like – you know, yeah, it's going to take some work. And is that something that you feel like you can fix? Or is it, you know, that much of a deterrent from touching the guy? You know, I don't know. Um, so, so, like I said, I just wanted to be fair with Will. But, I, yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a massive week for him and, and what he needs to do to kind of get his name up there with the other guys. Because I think, you know, now maybe, you know, Anthony Anthony's like passing him in some mocks. You know, he's already moved ahead and, and Will's in that quarterback four position. And I, I, I know that's where we would have him. But, you know, stand a chance that, of being in the conversation with these guys, then, you know, he, he's he's got to nail it this week. I mean, I'm starting to see CJ as QB3 in mocks to be in, in quite a few. It's it's I going Bryce, Bryce, Anthony, CJ, Levis in a yeah, lot of mocks. And- and I think that that's kind of what we expected. You know, you and, – and like I said, when the testing comes out, Anthony's name is going to be hot and you'll see, you know, some some draft betting odds change and shift. And I think if you're going to be smart, you go with with Bryce at one. I, but, you I mean, you can't sit there and say, you know, hey, CJ's not going to come out this week and try to do everything right uh, to go number one. I don't I don't worry about CJ. That's yeah, the thing. I, no. I don't have any worries about CJ doing anything wrong. Yeah, I, I think it's just more like he wants to prove it. Yeah, this yeah. week. And I don't. Did y'all hear the interview when when they were? It's recently. He was somebody was talking to him, and I can't remember who the interviewer was, but he was just talking about how going into that that college football playoff that he like he heard people talking about how he can't run for a month, and like that that was the most mobile we've seen him, and it's just like I. I He's going to come into this prepared. So I, and I mean, we know my thoughts on CJ. How? <laughs> that's why that's, you see, that's the thing too. Y'all, everybody's going to think on the outside that me and Wes are fighting about the, the, but we're really not because that's why I get so frustrated with these people that just all day spend their whole day telling us why we should not want to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Like, because I think overall, I'm not, I'm not talking about like one prospect being at the top but i think overall man this is one of the better qb classes of the maybe the past decade 
overall from top to bottom with the most prospects. Like there's not one, you know, Trevor Lawrence. There's not one, you know, Andrew Luck. But as a collective group, like this is a really, really good group. And I mean, even with Levis, you see things that do translate. I mean, it's a comparable class to that Lawrence class, though, because Levis is your Zach Wilson and your other three are guys that, I mean, there isn't a, there isn't a Lawrence Lawrence, but I mean, a lot of people think Bryce is a sure thing. Um, CJ has a lot of upside. He's not, he's not quite the same player as Lance, but the point being is there's, it's, it's a comparable level of class to that, I think. Would, would I be crazy? And, and I, I know I'm missing some years in here. But would it be okay in you guys' mind to compare this class to, say, something like 2004? And I know we know how it turned out to be, but, you know, with, with Eli, Phillip, Ben Roethlisberger. So those, like, three big names that are, you know, starting quarterbacks, Super Bowl, uh, you know, contending, winning quarterbacks, you know, I, I feel like for sure with, like, C.J. and Bryce, you know, it's never been a doubt that they're top five picks. And, you know, Eli and Phillip went top five. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, in this far removed from it, seeing their careers, it's tough to say that. Yeah, way. yeah. It's it's it, it's easier with guys like under five years. Like another one you could think about is the Deshaun Pat Mahomes here. Uh, I mean. Yeah, and that, and, and that one was, was loaded. And then you had like a guy like, you know, Trubisky come up and, you know, be the wild card. But, you know, Roethlisberger had his – you know, knack, I mean, knocks of playing in a small school, um, you know, uh, with the, the, I mean, even athleticism, um, you know, he, he could run and, and extend plays, but, you know, how would he hold up against, you know, the bigger competition? Yeah, Lombardi was talking about that draft class earlier this week on his pod and about how close ben, Big Ben was to being a Raider. Like, apparently – a few scouts were like begging Al Davis to draft Ben Roethlisberger and he wouldn't. And they took the safe pick and ended up being a bust. And I, and I, I remember people criticizing Philip Rivers for, for how he threw his throwing motion. It's like, yeah, I mean, it was odd, but like it didn't affect it. I mean, they got one other and one broke every ACC record at the time. I don't know. That's just, I could be way off, but that's just the class that comes to mind when I when I look at the potential talent in in the top three, top four quarterbacks of this class. And to Corey's point, like I I'm am I gonna be happy if we end up with Bryce Young? Yes. I'm gonna be very happy. He's a very good quarterback. I'm the the back and forth is half trolling Corey and mainly about the height thing. Do I do I love the fact that he's five foot ten and a half, probably? Five foot ten and a half. We don't know officially yet. No, I don't love that. It hasn't worked a lot. So why is he the one that? Why is he one of the four guys of all time that's going to break that trend? That's, that's the that's the only thing I have because the tape is incredible. The tape is very good. And since CJ doesn't have that red flag for me, CJ's tape is also incredible and is tall. So there you go. And that's the thing. You know, I I'm not an Alabama fan. I hate Alabama. Don't like Nick Saban. But if you watch Bryce for the last couple of years, it's like, man, it's, it's hard not to watch him and be like, he's not going to be successful at the next level. Like his, his pocket presence, his pocket awareness, some of the throws he makes, he has the athleticism to leave the pocket and, and, and scramble and run downfield. 
let's let, you know let's save some of this you know like i said i have a whole document but yeah i mean there is a world and i'll say this and, and we'll wrap this topic up but i'll say this there is a world out there where i'm okay with any of these top quarterbacks including the lefts and i and that is only because of the regime that's here and what's in that building and I believe that they can they can correct anything that I see on film. Now it's not the top option. I would I would only take that option if we stayed at nine. And I, I would rank that option even over a Derek Carr. But outside of that, if you give me, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, I leave this completely happy. Three the, the evaluator in me want would would be very upset. The fan in me would somehow get talked into Will Levis. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so that, but, but, but especially with this coaching staff, like you talked about the fan in me would somehow get talked into Will, Will Levis. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I, you're not off base with the uh, drafting Levis is gives you more hope than sticking with somebody like paying somebody like car. So that's, that's certainly not an incorrect thing. Um, so that that's, yeah, that's my last statement. There is just the other three are much, com- much more, desired and if we trade up for levis that'll be a real kick in the nuts dude i the only i think the only route with a rookie quarterback that i will not prefer over Derek carr is skipping the first round quarterbacks altogether and taking like hendon hooker in the second round i don't want that i don't want no part of that i'd probably rather have Carr. um but yeah i mean even Will Levis at nine. I would prefer Will Levis at nine over Derek Carr, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that you don't want a quarterback with an injury history and then be pounding the table for Hendon Hooker later on. You know, with his age and the injuries that he's sustained throughout his college career, it's not – it just – it doesn't add up. And like, mad respect to Hendon Hooker, you know, sure. ugly, like North Carolina boy, like – you know, awesome, you know, played great, had an awesome, you know, senior year. Um, but people want to talk about CJ Stroud and the Ohio state quarterback stigma, um, in the system of Ohio state. And it produces quarterbacks that don't do anything in the NFL. You want to talk about CJ being a system quarterback and then pound the table for Hendon hooker. I, I don't have anything for you. I, I really don't. I don't know what to tell you, boss. That's just wrong. <laughs> Wrapping it up, like Corey said, we'll, we got a, we got a couple months to, to go into detail about the rest of these guys, but that's what you got to look forward to coming up this week in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll be back to talk about free agency and how our cap situation looks here in just a moment. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. With the NFL season ending, what better time now than to get in on the NBA action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, place a same-game parlay for any NBA game. Even if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. 
All right, before we talk about our wish list for free agency, let's kind of dive in about where we are right now in the uh, salary cap situation. So as of today, March 1st, 2023, the Carolina Panthers sent roughly $2 million over the salary cap. So we do have some work to do uh, when it comes to getting below that number and clearing significant cap space to make uh, a significant signing, or, you know, make some moves in free agency. You know, some of the ones mentioned, and then you look at some of the obvious restructures uh, and potential cap casualties as far as cuts go. Shaq Thompson uh, with $13 million, that's a number that you're looking at could potentially be cut or restructured to save some money. Uh, you look at DJ Moore, his base salary is $20 million this year. So that's a guy that's not going to be cut. You're not going to worry about having to eat, you know, money after you cut him later on down the line. That is immediate, huge savings. Taylor Moten's number, I, I know it's probably not likely, but that is another area that you could turn to where you could save a significant chunk of money. Pat Elfline, not going to be on this roster uh, with Bradley Bozeman being named a priority by Scott Fitter today. And we all know how this offense took a step forward and a step in the right direction when he took over the starting center job from Pat Elfline after Matt Rule was fired. Uh, I know we, we'll talk a little bit about he is a – probably priority number one for us when we get to uh, guys that we want to see back here or, or guys that we want to have in this locker room. But when you look at those numbers right there, there's only three guys to where you can clear a significant chunk of change. I mean, you're looking at 24 million just off of two guys. And then, you know, if you you know cut any guys that we haven't mentioned, or if you do restructure a, a Shaq Thompson or a, or a Taylor Moten deal, then you got, you know, 30 and $40 million potentially that you can play with. You know, anything that you guys think may we may need to watch as far as other names go that could potentially be cut or restructured, you know, because we got to do something if we want to, you know, improve this roster. Um, One name popped into my head that I people haven't said and I haven't heard speculated about, but I'd like to, and I'm, I'm actually looking it up on the spot right now, um, what is Dante Jackson's dead cap number uh, with, with that injury? He's a name that, that screams possible something. Cause I, I think his, his actual cap hit is like 13 million, which is a lot for somebody of his caliber who will also be coming off of an Achilles injury. If he plays at all this year, I don't, I don't know what it's like for him. I really don't. So that's just, I'm, I'm, I've got the uh, the Spyrek page loading now. So, um, anyone else have anybody while that's loading? <laughs> um, in terms of, I think moves that can be made that are going to clear up space. Um, I think that you're you're going to see Brian Burns get a deal this offseason, if not franchise tagged, right? And that's going to clear up if, if you know, depending on the deal that's going to clear up potentially quite a bit of space because they're going to probably front load the contract and a signing bonus and, and move money off the books this year and push it down into other years. So that's going to clear up some space. Um, I don't think pet offline's in the camp. Um, I think Timo should get restructured. He'll probably get asked to restructure. I think DJ will probably get given a signing bonus and restructure so they you know they'll move money around the salary cap's fate if you want to make money you can make money i mean that's just we 
every year that gets proven correct. Just look at New Orleans. If you need any further example to prove that the salary cap is not real, just look down there. It'd be uh, it'd be stupid to do anything with Dante this year. That they, they can get rid of him next year for just a three million hit, no, nothing else. So, just looking at it, he's they're just going to ride it. They've they've got to just ride it out with him this year. Yeah, I don't hate it. You know, I mean, we'll see what he can do. I I, I don't hate Dante Jackson. I think Dante Jackson is. <sighs> A solid, solid corner, and I think he got put into a lot of tough situations um, in a previous his, regime. His base, base is only four seven, but his cat, his at his thirteen six. That's a lot. What's it going to cost to get out of Ian Thomas's deal? <laughs> I mean, hey, Ian's a, he's a, Ian's a great blocking tight end, sure, but. You know, for what he's being paid and, and what he does on the field, I mean, it's I think it's like four million in savings, but five million in dead cap. I can't remember. I saw it last week. I I want to say we could. I thought it was about four point something we can get off of. If it's uh four point six million in cap savings this year, it looks like if we cut him, he's another one that it makes a lot more sense to let ride out this year and cut next year. Only one million of dead cap next year, if we let it, if we ride out one twenty twenty three with him. So, again, deal yeah, is structured pretty pretty poorly for. for I, this year. I I would uh, I mean I'd be fine. Obviously, you're gonna ride that out, but I'd be fine with spending money. We'll talk about this when we get to wish list in a second. I'd be fine with spending money at uh, another cornerback to pair with JC with JC's unfortunate history of fluke injuries which is what they've both been um and then you have kind of question marks at cornerback two right now with dante coming back from achilles tear cj henderson you know had a up and down year don't know what's going to end up happening with him keith taylor same thing guy who showed some flashes his rookie year and then we we know how last year went uh, i would like to see you know that that position shored up because if we have an injury go down i mean we saw you know what happened with the, the tampa game Last year, I mean that's that's my worry when it comes to that that defense. And you know, with uh, a new coordinator and his system in here, I mean, Corey, you can probably maybe shed some light on about how he uses corners and potential rotations and such. But you know, I, I think that's an area that you got to touch in free agency. Yeah, Evero. Um, unlike where he differed from Fangio a lot is man, Evero is going to play press man, and corners are going to be up pressing and, and make it hard on receivers and, and they're going to be left on islands. So, um, you know, you're going to have quarters. Um, you're going to have split field quarters, but you are going to play quite a bit of press man. So that's – you're looking for people who can play man. Um, plays, plays right and, into to J.C.'s strength. Yeah, no, 100%. That's why I was so excited for J.C. when – I saw the hire and why I did not want Gus Bradley in his cover three shell. Um, <laughs> I'm running that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be perfect for JC. And honestly, you know, if Dante's not having to cover the one, um, I like it for Dante too. Um, with, with his speed, his athleticism, um, when he's not going to be locked in on like a Terry McLaurin 
and he's on the other team's number two, then it, it, it could be a good thing. Um, we'll see how that works. Um, but yeah, there's going to be press man a lot more than we've played in the past decade. I mean, got to do something with the secondary. So even if it's not corner, you let me ask you this. I'll, I'll reword it differently. Do you think that if they do move Jeremy Chin into the box and, and take him more away from, from playing safety, do you think that safety is more of a need for this team or, you know, adding a, a another cornerback to pair with JD? Uh, it's, I, I've said it the day he was hired. I'm going to keep saying it. We've got to find another cover safety. Um, there's it's a good free agency class. So um, there's some names out there. Um, you look at a guy like Jordan Poyer. Um, I, they're not carbon copies. Um, it's a similar defense. Um, he, he would fit in well. Um, Taylor Rapp played in it. Played in it. Uh, he's not the the best, but he played in it. And then um, I think Jesse Bates is just so good. Um, is, is so good. Um, you know, he's been in kind of more one high stuff and going to a two high system. It would be a transition, but I just think he's too talented. He's too good. If you brought him here, it'd be a home run. Yeah, I mean, so we we did we all put together a wish list. I put together an offense one, defense one. I had two safeties on my offense, my defensive one, Bates and Boyer. Three thirty three yeah. for Bates is the projected. So three years, thirty three million, eleven a year. That's less than Dante Jackson's average annual. Um, and then Bates is four fifty six. Uh, I'd I'd take either. I think we're all sitting here pounding the table for Jesse Bates. Oh, I, I would love – I want Bates, but Bates' market is going to be maybe the top defensive player, like the the most number of teams wanting that defensive player of, of the offseason. I, I I struggle to think of somebody who will be hotter. There will be a couple of positions that are more sought after, maybe rush, edge rush and stuff like that. But, I mean, Bates is going to have every team calling. I've got him listed and. I think he'll probably end up making uh, more than Jesse Bates, but but Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I mean, I don't think that's somebody that we could pay. But yeah. I mean, God, if you put him yeah. in, in here, I can't believe I forgot about him. Yeah, no, I I, I had him, um, and I was looking at him before the podcast, and I don't remember what his numbers were. But yeah, he's another one that because because you know people see the big hits and think he's just a run stuffing safety, but nah, he. I mean, he's really good in in the in the passing game and played in not carbon copy, but a very, very, the same tree that Evero's coming from in Philly last year. It was highly successful. Great season. So yeah, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Absolutely. Like those, those three, if you could get one of them, man, I'm thrilled with the free agency class with just one of those names. And, and I mean, I would be fine. I mean, I know he he's not, you know, in the same mold as, as Jesse Bates or Chauncey Gardner, but I mean, even Von Bell, I mean, another Cincinnati safety, you know, he's a free agent this year um, and he had a big year. I mean, he's not going to cost, you know, Jesse Bates numbers, but you can probably get him for a million dollar deal. But I mean, Cincinnati's got some decisions to make this off season with their secondary because they can't let both these guys walk And it. You know, Bates isn't going to play another year under the franchise tag. And I mean, I don't. I wouldn't think that he would end up back in Cincinnati just based off of you know the public negotiation that they had this past year, and you know he wasn't too happy about about playing under the tag. So, I, 
it, it'd be interesting to see how all that shakes out. But safety, go ahead, Corey. I was just say it's like it's tough. It's tough. It's, it we'll, we'll we'll glean a lot of what they want to do with Jeremy Chin by either the free agency signing or the debt or the draft, because you, I guess you traditionally call it like in other defenses, like a nickel, um, big Buffalo, whatever player you want to call it. There's so many names for it. Jack safety, um, nickel safety stars, what Saban calls it, that hybrid linebacker slash nickel safety role. All right, if if we sign like a nickel safety, then that tells me that Chin's going to stay in the too high role. If we don't, we sign a more you know traditional back, you know like um, oh my God, hash mark safety, then I think Chin moves down into that role. So I mean, it's gonna it's just a lot to learn over the coming weeks about the comings and goings and what roles players fit into that we sign. So, yeah, it's not like, um, I mean, we, we signed Xavier Woods last year, but it's not like he had a, you know, a great year. I mean, he had better than what we're typically used to back there this past year, but I mean, he didn't even have an interception. So we're definitely missing that ball. He is the king thing. of almost interceptions. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> he dropped quite yeah. a few, <laughs> For sure, yeah. I mean, he had he had several that he could have had, but didn't. So I, I think, it, yeah. I mean, safety is a huge need for this team, and you know, if they don't sure it up in free agency, I mean, they're going to have to do something in in the draft to to get one of these guys. And I mean, I would prefer to do it in the draft. I mean, it, it, I mean, not the draft. I would prefer to do it in free agency. You know, it doesn't have to be one of these you know big name guys, but I need somebody with some upside or you know somebody who you can get in on a on a a cheaper deal who can outperform that deal. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to throw like Jabril Peppers or somebody in that mold, you know, necessarily out there with, with kind of how, but you know, somebody, you know, even Taylor Rapp, I mean, somebody who's familiar with the system. I mean, I, Kareem Jackson, I, I saw as far as secondary players, he's a free agent. I mean, I know he's older in age, but you know, he's familiar with the system and you got to think Evero is going to bring in somebody who, you know, he's coached previously or who knows the regime you just to have another voice in the locker room. Yeah, and I think, too, it's going to be easier to draft safeties for this system because the system is really similar to a lot of stuff that colleges are having to do um, in the way the offenses are, are so dynamic in college now. There's a lot of too high in college. I mean, you look at Baylor, um, TCU, um, hell, Iowa State's three safeties. Um, So there's a lot of that in college now. So I think players in the back end are going to find it. It's never going to be an easy transition. It's an extremely hard position to play. But I think you're going to be able to find more guys able to contribute early on because it is – a system that has its roots in the college game. So, but yeah, I would rather sign one of those guys than draft somebody hundred percent. All right. Um, Shifting gears a little bit while staying in secondary. I did have two names written down for corner while I mentioned that. Did anybody write down anything for, for cornerback? 
Nope. I did not. I All right. So I'll make it, I'll make it quick then. And then we'll shift to another area. So I thought it was interesting. Marcus Peters is a free agent this year. Uh, spot track has him, has him projected at two for 20. And then James Bradbury, former Panther, uh, three at 15 million per. So three forty five. Those are, those are two guys that I would not be against if they went kind of mid-level to higher end a little bit uh, at cornerback. I think that uh, Bradbury's name has been mentioned before this off season. Um, and then Marcus Peters having some experience with, you know, in LA, um, I was I'm not sure if uh, Jiro ended up coaching him or not, but, you know, two for 20 for a guy, you know, it's just entering his age 30 or 31 season, uh, another veteran voice still would not, would not hate it at all. And go ahead. I'm saying and not a free agency option, but we've, we've talked, we've handed on it already, but Jalen Ramsey is a, another option that's been floated out there with linked to us as well at corner. So. Yeah, the D'Angelo Hall comment didn't do anything to put that fire out. <laughs> and I think I like – with James Bradbury, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we are going to be playing more man, and I think it's well-documented at this point that James Bradbury is a way better zone corner than he is man. Um, I don't I don't hate Marcus Peters. Um, I think he's at his best when he's dogging somebody on the line playing man. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, who knows about Jalen Ramsey? I, I, he was begging Jaguars to come get him in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, you know, who knows with that guy? But um, if you want a you little sure spice you? in Charlotte. That's what I was going to say. Do you want zestiness in Charlotte? Spicy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure F-150 Twitter can handle it. Nah, they uh, If they had a problem with Cam, they have a problem with Jalen. So, you know, you know, they'll be upset on that. Um, my last two groups is tight end and linebacker. Anybody have anything? I've, either of those? I, I don't. I have tight end. I don't have linebacker. I've got two edge rushers. Yeah, right, got, go, go ahead. I've got two edge rushers and some offensive guys. All right, yeah. y'all, y'all round it out then. I've got edge rushers in Ngakwe at four sixty. It's yeah. uh, that's that's if you go high end, and then I've got Clowney. At 10, 110, just a carbon copy of his last deal last year. Um, so, and I think Ngakwe fits perfectly everything that we need in the moment. Um, I don't think he ever lived up to being the pass rush threat that you know he might have been projected to be early on in his career, but in terms of being a run stuffer, he is absolutely excellent against the run. Um, which is exactly what we need opposite of Brian Burns. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, played in Indy, um, so he's familiar with Frank Reich. Um, I think if you can make the money work, that is a, a it's a no-brainer signing, in, in my opinion. I, I think it fits with what we need. So, yeah, I'm, I would be pleased with Ngakwe. And Clowney is another one. I'm, I don't hate it. He, of course, never lived up to what his number one overall draft status was. But David's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. <laughs> That's on me. They didn't know I couldn't. They couldn't be in there on cell phones. That's on me. Uh, but, yeah, no, Jadavian is uh, – Jadavian is uh, – I think he's solid. And he's just – it's just what he is. He's always been. He's just a solid edge. He's not going to wow you with – the freak of nature that he is, he's not going to 
be a you know 15 sack a year guy like everybody thought he was going to be but you know he's solid and, and when he's motivated he's 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 real solid so I, I hate that his his career has kind of took on that journeyman role and just like him chasing the money each year and yeah you know he his, his tenure in Cleveland ended poorly but you know I guess his kind of career is kind of taking on the, the Mario Williams role from yeah. NC State um, but but back to in Gagway I He's got Todd Wash connections too when he played in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, you know, he makes a lot of sense with with having connections to Frank and having connections to Todd too. So if it can work financially, I mean, I think that's a that's a home run signing at a position mm-hmm. of need that we need. And the other guy man. I had was Arden Key. Um, he's twenty eight years old. Um, he stepped in when I think Trayvon had some injury issues and played pretty well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I don't I, – it's not that bit that, – it's not that great of a free agent edge class. So, I mean, there's not going to be any wow signings. But um, if you're looking for solid, you're looking for run stuff or you're looking for rotational guys that are coming in, I think Arden Key's a, a, a good name to keep an eye on. Um, but my number one is, like I said, Yannick Ngakwe. But – my number one overall want for free agency on the defensive side of the ball, besides Jesse Bates, is Draymond Jones um, from the Broncos. I don't understand why they're letting him get to free agency, but here we are. He's going to hit free agency. Um, talk about a guy who played in Evero's defense. Um, you talk about somebody to put beside Derek Brown on the interior um, to – this this dude just pressured the quarterback from the interior. Um, I think he led the league in in interior pressures for a while until he, he had a hip injury. Um, if you're looking for somebody to help transition over to this defense, that is the guy. And I will be absolutely thrilled if we sign Draymond Jones. Um, he's big. Um, he does it all. Um He's not great in the run-stopping area, but that's why you have Derek Brown, right? So you, you pair the two of them beside each other. I think that's a perfect complement to each other on that interior and will really, really bolster the interior of the defensive line um, and really help us overall in the run game, even if he lacks a little bit in the run game. I'll say um... – Mention one of mine then here. Wes, you had a tight end, so you go ahead with yours, and I'll give you my one tight end. I was talking on mute. <laughs> um, I've got two tight ends on my list. I've got Gasicki and Ingram. I don't think the Jaguars let Ingram walk. Um, he would be my second option anyway. Gasicki is my tight end one. Um, well, not with Trevor Lawrence telling guys they need to take pay cuts. Yeah, so I Gasicki's at four thirty-two, so a little longer than Ingram at three twenty-seven. Both eight to nine a year. I would not hate either. I think both fit what we would be trying to do on offense pretty well. I think. So. Yeah, I think Ingram <laughs> with the guy that that couldn't catch in New York and got ran out of New York from the Giants. Uh, I, I think I had him as my like, number one want at tight end. I mean, it's not going to happen now with all the reports coming out that. Um, you know, he's either going to get tagged or they're going to come up with a deal. I, I don't want Dalton Schultz. I, I think for what he's going to cost with with what his 
I think he's already at his ceiling. Um, and plus, I just, I mean, I would rather go another route like, you know, Mike Gusecki or, you know, the guy who I have is a cheaper option. Um, but, a, but a guy like Hayden Hurst, you know, with what he's done with uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, you know, he's projected one year, 6.8 million. And, you know, his number went up just based off of what he did in the playoffs and down the stretch with him. But, you know, he's a reliable pass catcher. He's got ties um, to the area. He went to the University of South Carolina. He's a guy that we scouted pretty heavily in his draft before getting selected in Atlanta. I mean, to me, it's, it's a guy who's under 30 and, you know, could still, you know, put up a 700, 800-yard season and, you know, be a potential building block moving forward. I think if you put him as a, with, with a rookie quarterback or, you know, having that safety valve, I mean, for the, for the number that you could potentially get the guy for, I think that he's a probably option number two for me, you know, behind uh, Gusecki and uh, out of Miami. Yeah, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. Um, I think he's just undervalued. Expect, yeah, and I think that's where you're at, especially for the money. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to pay Dalton Schultz whatever it's going to cost <laughs> for him. But I mean, my number one tight end's in the draft anyway, so but we probably won't get him. But um, but yeah, if we're signing for free agent tight end, I'm with Wes. Um, either Gasecki or Hayden Hurst. And I'm with Wes. I don't think that they're going to let Evan Ingram leave. I, I think that he'll end up back in Jacksonville somehow. And they'll be smarter for it, honestly, because he's, you know, finally producing. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Gasecki or, or and really, I don't know. Hayden Hurst might be my number, might be my number one over, over Gasecki because of the money and, just overall, I think he's good in the run game. I think he's better in the run game than Gasecki is. I mean, I don't think that that necessarily matters as much to the tight end position anymore, despite what some people will tell you. But, um, yeah, those are solid options. Yeah, and if you do trade up, that's why I said, you know, you you have to part with one of those second-round picks. That's what I'm thinking – you know, a Hayden Hurst is a good option that, you know, to pivot to if you don't want to load up and spend that money on uh, a Gusecki or, you know, God forbid they, they do offer, you know, Dalton Schultz that money. This is a, it's a, we're in a good spot right now. We, we have a lot of needs and areas to fill where there's a lot of solutions right now, whether it be the draft or free agency. So, you know, Scott's been very clear and, and not shy that, you know, we need to add, you know, a tight end and you do need to add a vertical threat. Well, like, here you go, man. You, you got options, you got chances. Well, Colin Thompson told told us on Twitter oh, that we have four Colin good four, four, four good tight ends in the tight end room. So why, why is his GM telling us we need one? Same guy that was tweeting two hours before a game from the locker room. Uh, yeah. He was he was looking like, and the tweet didn't even say like Colin Thompson, but he was finding just random ass people on Twitter and re, that were talking about Panthers tight ends, like just search and and was replying, being a reply guy to him like the day of a game. It was just insane hey he's just like us now he's got a podcast so hey and he's not and he's not on an nfl roster that that makes two of us bud well i think another signing that i don't know that i just popped into my head that i I don't think either of you mentioned but what are you what are our feelings on bobby trees and they're, they're recruiting him he popped in my head as as a guide and put on the list but i don't think i think he doesn't fit quite the mold of we need a speed guy at receiver first. I'd love to throw him in the, the, our receiver room, but we've got 
guys that kind of fill his niche in a receiver room, I think. I mean, he used to be the deep threat for the Rams. But well, but, I mean, he's in, in his age, he's not that anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the, the ACL. They got just like was... Bobby Trees. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, I mean, yes, five years ago, throw him on this team. That's exactly what we need. But now I, I don't think the, the, the role that he would fill in, I, I just don't um, think that's the number one receiver, even the number one receiver need for our team right now. It's it's a guy like Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, Rasheed Rice type. The... And it's not like his time in Tennessee did him any good. I mean, Ryan Tannehill out there throwing to him, then he got hurt. And, you know, we saw the mess with Malik Willis out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's coming off – he was coming off of the knee injury anyways and trying to get back to where you want to be at. You know, he had a rough year. So, he's I mean, he's a guy who's probably going to sign a cheap deal, um, probably going to sign like a one-year prove-it deal and, and hope that it pans out. I mean, we can do a lot worse than having him as a third option. I'll, I'll say that. I'd take him in the receiver room over LaVisca, even as good as LaVisca looked this year. That's not, that's not a terrible – opinion at all yeah, I, I mean i i will say I, I am a little bit intrigued by to see how frank can scheme up and how thomas brown and them can scheme up lavisca but there's still i mean there's still room for both him and lavisca it's not a him or lavisca thing you can have i mean you, dj um terrace and lavisca are really the only ones you're thinking are have a for sure spot right right so i mean yeah, i guess you can put shy right there but Frank liking mm-hmm. bigger receivers. Can can you put Shy there mm-hmm. after the after this year? Hey, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm I I would want him over some guys necessarily, but I'm just saying like you know with with how he did out of the slot earlier in the year, sure. But new regime well, things. If he wants to keep moving weight, I ain't gonna fly. Well, he he <laughs> he's not gonna be a damn bunt returner, that's for sure. <laughs> So we, we, we figured that out. But with Frank liking bigger receivers, I mean, that bodes well for LaVisca and, and maybe an expanded role. I mean, I wouldn't want to necessarily sign like a Paris Campbell for $3 million and, you know, put him out there to just to be like a fourth wide receiver just blocks when we got that on the roster and potentially somebody like Bobby Trees could come by and Robert Woods, for anybody that doesn't know, could, um, you know, put up better numbers and, and better opportunity, you know, provide what this offense needs. But hopefully – we we draft a, a wide receiver. I mean, we've all got different opinions on what we want, but yeah, I mean, for me, wide receiver, I would prefer to attack that in the draft. And I mean, they've said that the draft is going to be flashy. It's going to be weapons. So, I mean, it all does depend on what you have to do to trade up of, of who you get. Like, can, can you end up with a Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Zay, Zay Flowers type? I, I don't think Zay makes it into the second round now, um, but yeah, I we'll see. Tyler, Tyler Scott. I mean, that's a third round guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna. I'm shit. You're just giving you giving away episodes, man. You're just giving it away. You're just giving Sorry, it a little away. teaser out there, at least you know. <laughs> um, all right, well, well, I got one last position group, but linebacker. Um, I've been trying and hoping that we would improve that area because I feel like it's definitely on the defensive side of the ball. It's it's an area that we need to improve. Um, it's been lacking outside of Frankie and you know. Shaq's injury history, you know, Damian Wilson bust that that signing didn't sign, didn't pan out. It's another guy that's going to be cut. Corey Littleton is a free agent, so we don't know if he's going to be back or not. Would hope so with his experience in this uh, scheme. Um, but for me, like number one on this list is TJ Edwards from the Eagles. 
He had the seventh most tackles in the NFL this past year. I think he does a lot of things well that would complement what Shaq is used to doing, uh, but also what Frankie does. You know, having a guy where you're adding an additional 150 tackles to your team makes a, 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 a huge impact. You know, I don't think that we're going to be a guy like we're going to pursue a Tremaine Edmonds, for example. Uh, but for me, I think TJ Edwards is probably for me as far as the linebacking core goes. I'm I'm of the assumption we're going to go pretty cheap at linebacker. Um, yeah, I mean, but, historically speaking, that's that's usually how it goes. I mean, and I, I think secondary is more important for the scheme than linebacker is. But I mean, can you really trot out Shaq and Frankie and a filler with with what we've seen? Maybe if you if you do the right thing at safety and edge, which I think is priority one and two. But then again, if, if Brandon Smith develops, then you don't have to worry about this issue at all. Sure. Yeah, and I'm going to say it, and I said it the first pod after we found out Everett was a hire, that they're, I don't foresee them spending big at linebacker. I, I, they're going to get a motor guy in here, uh, whether it be draft or a low-value free agents or maybe ride with Brandon Smith. I don't know, but I don't think that we're going to be breaking the bank at the linebacker position despite what Twitter will tell you as it being the biggest need on the team, which shows that you don't know about the defense but um, that we're running. But, you know, they do need to add, I would say, TJ Edwards is great. That, that would be – I don't know what his spot, spot rack is, but, I mean, I think that that is quality. I mean, definitely that's, that's, that's a home run. Um, but yeah, I would look for like just a high intensity, high motor, just do your job type linebacker. There's there's one of those in the draft that we can get with one of our later picks. We'll talk and me about and it you later. Are, me and you are lockstep on that guy. Yeah, so we'll talk about him. And well, I won't say the name, so we can keep a, a few nuggets for 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 some later. I, if you've heard some episodes before, I think the name came out, so you'll you should know what we're talking about. I'll give but. you a hint: his brothers in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a couple other guys on my list. Um, one of them is obvious. We've it's it's we've already said it's our party one, Bozeman. Um, but I did have a backup if in case somebody just came in and way overpaid him. Yeah. Um, Garrett Bradbury is another is is just a great center. He's gonna, he's actually going to be projected to get a little more than Bozeman um, at four forty eight or the same AAV. Bozeman's three thirty six, but um, I think you've got. I think the way the line transitioned after the Elf to Bozeman thing shows you just how important that center position is for this young offensive line, and to put a great veteran there is important. So I don't I don't think you can skimp on that position. So I, I think you've got to end up with one of those two. Yeah, and sticking with that theme of interior offensive linemen, um, I went with a guy um, who played beside Bose up in Baltimore and Ben Powers, um, offensive guard for the Ravens. He's 28 years old. Um, he didn't allow a sack last year. Um, PFF, if you if you like PFF, if you don't like PFF, whatever – PFF graded him at 69.2 overall, which, I mean, is pretty solid. Um, I think he's uh, in the same mold as Bozeman. He's a run, run, you know, road grader. Um, he was a pretty big fan favorite up in Baltimore. So um, pairing him beside Boz, because 
obviously we don't know how long Corbett's going to be out. He tore his ACL in December. Um, those take a year sometimes. So who knows? You know, I, I don't know. I don't think they have the luxury of sitting around and waiting to find out how soon Corbett's going to be back. So I, I do think you will see uh, a, an interior lineman either signed, probably signed or drafted. Um, but yeah, I don't think you go wrong with a guy like him. And then I also have, you might scoff at this. It's coming from the Denver Broncos offensive line, but a guy like Dalton Reisner, um, not crazy good, not bad, just solid offensive lineman. He allowed three sacks last year um, and graded out like a 62 on PFF. But um, his entire career, you know, he started 62 games. He's been solid his entire 62-game you know, career. So um, just a solid interior guy uh, to kind of fill that void if Cade Mays um, or um, I'm blanking on the kid from Alabama that was too fat. Deontay um, Brown. Deontay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, he's lost weight. He's, he's, he's down to like uh, what? Uh, some. I, I saw an article the other day where he had lost all this weight uh, after we cut him and signed him to the practice squad. So, you know, it seems like maybe now he's keeping it off and, and, and maybe, you know, we'll see the footwork improves. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you, you have to do something at guard. Um, you, you're going to have to sign somebody. Yeah. With the money Corbett's owed though, I think they do go the, the, the cheap retread, yeah. like super, super cheap retread at garden. So that's, I didn't touch that. I did have one more player uh, to, Foreman, uh, it's an obvious re-sign candidate, but Foreman is the other guy I have on my list. Yeah, it won three and a half million. I think one year, three and a half million was what the projection was. Yeah, it better be that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, like I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, like, mad respect to the the player, but I you don't, you don't pay running backs. Yeah, we just oh, yeah, we dude, just I, we just got out from underneath that that deal. So we, so we we've learned our lesson. We hope pay pay one pay one cheap veteran. And draft one, dude. And, I am, and, I am dead serious. Like, if I was an NFL GM, like I would be public enemy number one to the running back society because, like, my one. process would be like, I'm drafting a guy in the second, third, or fourth round every three years. I'm letting them get to their first contract and then saying, "See ya." I'm drafting a guy in the fifth and sixth round every single year. Yeah. And yeah. just never signing one ever. Ever. I don't care if they're Saquon Barkley. Like I don't care. Like, Look at it though. Yeah, I mean it's proven you don't you don't pay running backs. I mean Isaiah Pacheco. That's oh, the, 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 the that situation the I was about to bring up is was they used a first on Ceh yeah. and drafted Pacheco in the fifth, seventh, seventh, seventh out yeah, yeah, Rutgers. So the point being is that I would do that every single year. James you're, Robinson, you're going to get it. You're going to get it right enough that it doesn't like that you're fine yeah i mean it, it, every year james robinson was undrafted Bald. And, and that's why this to me i think running back is the most interesting market as far as free agency goes this year with how deep it is and then also how deep the draft class is but seeing the, the numbers that some of these guys are going to get i mean you got tony pollard and ezekiel Elliott's situation in dallas and then um Jerry Jones' son comes out and says that they may draft a running back in round one. Like, 
it's, it's just interesting to see how these teams, like some teams learn their lesson and some teams don't. Yeah. And clearly Dallas is one of those teams where they're, they're in the situation now where they're about to be paying two running backs, uh, large figures, because they're probably going to franchise tag Tony Pollard. But do, you without, Zeke, do you see where Zeke's dad came out and said he had Zeke had no interest in taking a pay cut? Ah, uh, that's interesting because after you know a few weeks ago or at the end of the season, he said that yeah, he'd do whatever it takes to remain a, a cowboy. Well, that, that was circulating, and then there was a, like a, just a little a little nugget that came out that his dad said he is he will not be taking a pay cut. He seems like a guy that would like end up in Vegas if they didn't re-sign Josh Jacobs. Like, I, I don't know. But, I mean, with the running backs, so, like, Josh Jacobs, Dante Foreman, uh, Tony Pollard, uh, I, Jamal Williams. Um, I know I'm missing several because of how it's Saquon. Um, just, just it's, it's a ridiculous running back class. And so I think Saquon's going to make it out of New York. I don't think he's going to end up back there. So I'm interested to see who is the team that says, screw it, we're, gonna, we're just going to pay this guy. And not only is it a great – free agency class i think it's a great top to bottom running back draft yeah i i really do think it's a good running back draft i mean yeah. you've got your top heavy with Bijan, but um i mean i think there's some really good ones after that too even oh, yeah. the kid out of Tulane, jameer, jameer gibbs is gonna be make a team very happy mcbride from uab is a stud there's there's some really good running backs i mean we'll A-chain. talk about we'll our favorite we'll, we'll talk We'll talk about our favorite in, in a few weeks, but we've, we've all got a later round, darling. Absolutely. Got a lot to talk about as far as draft prospects goes. We've covered a lot on this episode. Uh, I know we've gone on for a little bit longer than what we expected, but let's try to wrap this up before we go on a, our, our weekly rant and tangent. Any closing thoughts uh, as we uh, recap? Do we want to play some last-minute bets on uh, Bryce Young's height and weight right here before before it becomes official this week? <laughs> Height. I mean, he ain't growing. I mean, he can be, try to stretch that back out as much as he wants, but he he's coming on. He's coming think, in under five eleven. I got five ten three quarter. I was gonna say five ten and a quarter. Man, he's gonna he's gonna have. He ain't gonna be able to put the pet the toilet paper in them socks. It's gonna be five ten and a quarter. Yeah, I think he's between five ten and five eleven. Maybe you can find a pair of those old like Heelys. Those old <laughs> I think I think he comes in at I think he comes in at 198. He was looking skinny in that video today. Coming in at 200. Uh, if he comes in under 185, then I'd, I'd be worried. I got one, 192. That's my number. 192. Five ten and a quarter, quarter at, and 192. I mean, he'll his his agent's going to be shoving cake down his throat if if he's not above 190 all day the day before. Let's let's get that clear, but. Be interesting week. We, things are about to get real interesting in these next next couple of days. Thursday, what day are they starting to throw? Friday. Friday. That's Friday what I, I think. It's I think it's Friday, but I'd have to double check that. I know they've changed the schedule over the last couple of years on how they do things. Yeah, dude, I I miss the days of it being midday. I'm sorry, I don't. Like yeah, midday, midweek. Like, like my my kid doesn't want to watch. Fucking like the, the NFL combine. <laughs> Anything for, for viewership numbers, right? Wow. Got to get I'm that just up. Put it on at work and watch them. Are they still that doing doing that thing mm. where Rich Eisen runs the forty? Yeah, every year. Yeah. See, I, I like those guys though. I mean, don't give me like Trent Dilfer out here t- 
telling me about some somebody when you know he was an ass of a quarterback, terrible. Um, yeah, he's a running joke. He's a what a college football? No, is he a? He made it to the college ranks now. I think somebody yeah. hired him. It was uh, a small. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Jeez. Don't give up on your dreams, folks. You can win a Super Bowl with a elite defense and then end up at in the college football ranks. And then go on a podcast in the year of 2023 yeah. and say that quarterbacks these days are not good. All right, Trent, let's pull up your fucking highlight reel, buddy. <laughs> let's pull up that master class. Y'all know, y'all know the, the clip I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that yeah. was on yeah. the um the the Baltimore Ravens defense or the Baltimore Ravens yeah. 30 for 30. Oh. Yeah, that's where it came from. And that was a good 30 for 30, but yeah, that was a bad, bad look. <laughs> bad look. I, I, I mean, I get, what, I get what he's trying to say, um, you know, but no, he's, he's wrong. I think this is like a, a golden era of QB play. Well, it's going to be Brock Purdy one day. Oh, man. That's going to be an interesting situation this offseason. No, I think the pumpkin, the pumpkin busted or whatever that saying goes. It's it Cinderella. Cinderella's slipper. <laughs> Cinderella's slipper went went missing, and the pumpkin burst and all that shit. That I think midnight struck. Yeah, there's like to me, it's like man, you you made the move up for Trey. Like you had this guy fall in your lap in the seventh round. Yeah, you had the arm injury, which sucks, and I, I get that it potentially cost you a chance at the Super Bowl why not try to just capitalize on the value that you have in the guy and just roll with Trey? And they, and then Shanahan said that they would consider signing a veteran. Well, you just, you, you got one with Jimmy G. Well, look for, for all of Shanahan's greatness. And I love him. I love everything he does offensively. His player personnel decisions are just, wild like wild to me do you so, think he ever wins a super bowl what do you think he ever wins a super bowl yeah I, I, yeah that, they're too good i mean they are too good I'm trying to think like eventually they're gonna run into cap situations i think they gotta pay iuk here soon they've got kittle they're gonna have to pay a quarterback in the next couple years regardless well unless they go with Brock, then they get the extra. Well, he's only on four years. They're paying a running back in this league. Somebody is. Somebody's going to be paying Bosa. Somebody's going to be paying uh, Fred Warner. Jimmy Ward's a free agent. Their window is closing fast. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is what it is. Like just looking on from outside in, I just think they've kind of wasted more time than they thought. Well, I mean, I feel like they. They got a shit injury look this past year. For sure, yeah. They've I mean, had the injury bug for a, for a little bit. I think that – I don't, we don't – I mean, we all have our opinion on Trey Lance, and I think he would have balled this year um, had he got more than one and a half games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think even with Jimmy G, that was a – that would – they would have taken the Eagles to the wire. So. We'll see how it shakes out. We got to make a quarterback decision. All right, wrapping this up, we'll get out of here. Um, guys, if you've listened to us this far, go ahead and hit subscribe. 
uh, to wherever you listen to your podcast that uh, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. We appreciate it. It helps us out a ton. Uh, spread the word. Um, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at 704cast. Um, and as always, we appreciate you guys listening to us and turning in, tuning in to us. We got a lot more contact, co- content coming over the next few weeks and next few months, so please uh, stay tuned as we'll try to keep you updated on all things Panther-related and NFL draft and free agency. Any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap this up, guys? Um, not really. Um, you know, watch the combine. Um, watch, watch games, man. Go on YouTube. There are tons of full games on YouTube. If you want to find out about any of these guys we mentioned, you can watch for yourself and make your own determinations instead of listening to people who really don't know what they're talking about on Twitter, including me. But yeah, watch hey, for yourself. Utilize the ESPN app. I mean, a lot of those games from college football games are, are on there. I mean, turn on Kentucky, turn on Florida game. Uh, watch Anthony Richardson against Utah. Um, just a lot of good stuff out there. And then just see, you know, as far as these, like, no-name guys or before they blow up, you know, just watch games and see who stands out. And just make little notes or just remember the name. That's all. Wes, anything you want to add? Nothing here. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back with you uh, next week. Later.